Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Then the Shelter Footy Cast is here. This is the Round Ten Review. I'm going to stuff that up multiple times. Myself, Will Schofield, Mark Redding's with you. G'day, Skeet. How are you? I'm great, Scoey. A uh, bit disappointed, I have to say. I rocked up today. He said, "Bring your A game. Look the part. Uh, I've worn the, the, the slacks, the Julius Marlowe's, and you're basically dressed like you got out of bed with some Birkenstocks just to go on the the, the feet." Well, that may or may not be true, Skeet. I may or may not have just got out of bed. It's good to see. I mean, would you rather us be in a blue suit, white shirt, clean cut? We're like the odd couple, isn't it? It's perfect this morning. Um, I have to say, the new podcast, Shelter, of course, uh, getting right behind us here comes on the same day, not coincidentally, that we've got a new Prime Minister sworn in. So a couple of major moments for Australia happening before our eyes today. Who is the new Prime Minister? What's his name? Just Albo. Okay, Albo. Very good. Albo, uh, Shelter Brewing Co. They are bringing you this podcast, a preview uh, on Thursdays, this one a review on Mondays. We're going to get through the round. It's going to be WA-focused. Going to have a look around West Coast, a look around the Dockers, um, hopefully one of them goes okay. I don't want to come in here and have to sink my sorrows on a shelter, although that would be beautiful to do. I think we need a bit of positivity, right? We need one club, and it's not going to be the Eagles this year, as we know, yes. given what the results are showing us. We need the Dockers to start finding some form. So we'll go in depth as to what is going wrong, particularly when the heavens open for Fremantle during the course of the show, because you're right, if, if both teams go down the gurgler, this... Uh, a number of shelter cans starts to diminish by about August. If you are just listening to us, you can find us on YouTube as well. This is a fully filmed podcast, so you can find us on YouTube. Just find us over on the Backchat YouTube page. Just Google that. You'll find us there for the Shelter Footy Cast. You can find us on socials. We've got our own social network uh, on Instagram, at Shelter Footy Cast. Um, 
Shelter, born and brewed in Busso. Have you been down there? Have you been down to the pier down Absolutely. there? Absolutely. The Absolutely. It's what a great spot it is. I mean, the, the, the location is outstanding and the venue itself, having been there for a bite to eat and, of course, a shelter, it is a must visit spot. If you're flying in even from Melbourne now to Bustleton, you can jump uh, on a, a, a little cab or get, you can almost walk to the Shelter Brewery, which is the, the, the best part of Bustleton now. You've never turned down a beer in your entire life, have you? No, I'm. I'm Bit partial to shelter, though. I'm not a beer expert like you, but oh, I, oh. I certainly would say that that's one of the better drops I've had. Okay, very good. Shelter footy cast. Uh, we're going to be with you Mondays, Thursdays for a full wrap. So let's get into it. Um, the big moment of the weekend for for WA teams. What, what's it for Frio? What's the what's the big talking point out of the game yesterday? Well, I think when you know, I'm a horse racing man, and in horse racing parlance, there are some horses you wouldn't back if it starts to rain. They're fine uh, trackers. They like the firm footing. The Fremantle Dockers have become exactly that in footy terms. The past two weeks, Fremantle have failed to deliver when the rain has come. You called the game yesterday. Um, what did you see? Did, did Fremantle play badly? Was, was it... Was it- Collingwood? Oh, Collingwood were terrific. They adjusted to the conditions superbly and they played wet weather footy. They went for territory, they kept it simple. Fremantle, in my mind, and I think Justin Longmuir would agree with this, they tried to play dry weather footy even though it was torrential in the first quarter and that meant they were caught in between two styles that they weren't quite sure which way to, to travel. And they don't play a lot of wet weather footy, Fremantle, being WA base. So that's the big issue out of the weekend for Fremantle. Can, can they win games in the wet? We're going in to get into a full breakdown of the Frio-Collingwood matchup a little bit later on. But can they win games in the wet? From my experience, Western Australian teams struggle in the wet. And, and the reason is... It's it's not what you're used to. It's it's something you don't see over summer, over preseason, and now Melbourne teams might not either. But it's it's traditional. West Coast and Frio don't go well in the wet. Yeah, but we're talking about a winter sport, uh, Scully. This is not like we're just asking you to to go out and and play in Darwin, for instance, in the humidity, or, or North Queensland in the middle of February. It, it astounds me that the the WA teams can use that as an out. Yeah, well, I think they're going to have to because uh, what we've seen over the last two weeks, Gold Coast, Fremantle couldn't score. They had about 30 more inside 50s last week, Fremantle. And then this week, Collingwood's pressure looked good. And, and look, they scored a little bit, but it looked like they couldn't execute their skills well in the wet. So I don't know how you fix it. West Coast used to get detergent out and put it in eskies, put the balls through the detergent, and you'd train at the start of training with detergent on the footy. So you did that with Adam Simpson? Yeah, that's correct. So I don't know if Justin Longmuir knows about that, but I'm sure he'll be listening to the Shelter Footy cast and he'll get that done. What about West Coast? The big issue for them out of the weekend, it's their captain, I think. Yeah, it has to be the, the fitness, the health, and the long-term viability of Luke Shuey. As much as of a, a great servant he has been and is... His body simply is failing him too regularly. Now, this isn't a soft tissue injury. We're told by Adam Simpson it's a back complaint, but whether there's a hamstring relation to that, I'm not too sure. But you know Luke Shuey pretty well. Yeah. What would be going through his mind at the moment, knowing he cannot get any continuity into his body? Oh, look, he'd be incredibly disappointed. He's, he's a, the ultimate competitor, first and foremost, Luke Shuey, and that's why he's the captain, and, and it's... Look, he won't mind me saying this. He's not the sort of captain that I guess you'd imagine a Luke Hodge or a Michael Voss would be, stand up in front of the group and really inspire your teammates by his voice. He's the sort of guy that leads by his actions. And right now, he can't get on the field. Uh, they, they bring him back, you know, whether it's too early or not, and he goes down again. He gets subbed out. 
Uh, Brady Hoff comes back into the team and plays the last quarter. Is it just precautionary? Is it another injury? I mean, another injury, you'd never call the end to anyone's career at all. But it's not going well, is it? Are you confident in your mind, in brief, that he will play next year because of his health? That's it. The the fitness levels, which he just can't get back to what we saw going back five or six years. I I mean, there was lots of noise made about Oscar Allen getting wrapped up early, putting cotton wool. Maybe you look to do that with your captain, with Luke Shuey. That's not tanking. That's just the situation West Coasts are in. They're not going to make finals. Can we can we make that clear on the Shelter Footy Cast? Are they going to, are they going to play finals? There's the there's the understatement of the uh, of the 2022 season. They are not making finals. Are they going to make five or six wins for the year? So That's the question. If they've got an injured captain, why don't you just finish that up, wrap it up? Well, he's a competitor, he's an athlete, he wants to play, doesn't he? That, that's from his point of view, but from the club who will have the overriding decision, I would suggest you're probably right. There we go. Okay, that's the big issues out of WA football, West Coast and Fremantle on the Shelter Footy Cast. That's West Coast and Frio, the big issues, but what about each game? Let's get inside the West Coast game to start with. Um, they play GWS... Uh, starting on GWS, they've got a new coach, Mark McVeigh. Leon Cameron gets sacked during the week, effectively. He has his farewell game, which I found interesting to begin with, to be honest. Uh, you, you don't see that a lot. And he's been sacked. Let's, he hasn't just stepped away because he feels like it's the right thing to do. Look, they, they handled it well as a footy club, GWS, but there's a new coach in place. GWS bought some new positional changes. So they beat West Coast by 52 points. It turns West Coast into 1-9 and nine after 10 rounds. Six losses in a row. They're going poorly, West Coast. That's not new. But what GWS did was they bought a new game plan with a new coach. They they tried players in different positions. So they play Cornelio through the midfield. He has over 30 touches playing as a pure midfielder. Uh, Harry Himmelberg, their leading goal kicker of the season, plays at full back. I tell you what, putting a forward into the back line, he'd be spewing up. But he played really well. And then you see guys like Ward play into the back line and Toby Green comes through the midfield a lot. So they threw something different at West Coast and they just couldn't handle it in the first half. They were a little starstruck, to be honest, West Coast. They kicked uh, zero goals. Uh, GWS kicked three goals in the first four minutes. Toby Grant kicked the first two goals in the match. And for a team that wants to come out and show passion and, and determination and contested footy because they've been lacking it in the last five rounds, West Coast's start to the game was really poor. And it... When, you, when that happens, and you would have seen it in your time, Skate, a team that's under the pump, five losses in a row, they would have been trying to come out and, and do it, but they weren't able to. They, they looked like on the back foot, which is the complete opposite of what they would have wanted to look like. Yeah, and you look at the numbers at the end of the day. I mean, they kicked 21 goals, the Giants. Uh, and defensively, and you've spent half your life trying to uh, work out how to stop opposition sides. Uh, and the Eagles, what, they kicked 86 points for the, the day, which is probably their best haul all season or close to it from yeah. off the top of my head. They scored. Yeah, they scored. Yeah. But they leaked at the other end. Yeah. So um, you're right. The first half was poor. The second half, you look at the numbers, and what was it? Seven goals to the Giants and eight to West Coast. So uh, that's a positive. That's a positive. Mind you, the Giants aren't a team that are going to be threatening this year either. No, they're not. I mean, that's, I guess, the issue for West Coast. They've lost to North Melbourne. They've lost to GWS. They're, they're losing against sides that, if they are going to win and scrape themselves off the bottom of the ladder, these are the sort of teams they have to do it against. Um, they are incredibly efficient, GWS. They kicked 14 goals in that first half. So, game game was done and dusted. 14 goals against you at halftime. You're gone. It's all over. And for a team that's going poorly, it's even more all over. You can't come back from that. So, they were efficient, they were efficient going inside 50 
GWS won the contested ball as well. West Coast just couldn't get their hands on it. Um, if you looked at the breakdown, top 10 um, disposals of the game, eight were GWS. West Coast had three players above 20 touches. You, you're not going to be able to do it if you can't get supply from the midfield, which has been an issue for West Coast throughout the season. You've seen a lot of them play this year. Yeah, and look, I'll ask you this question now. If we are to stop the clock in terms of the John Warsfold medal, um, and Tim Kelly's got a lot of criticism in recent times, the trade which has been brought up time and time again given the predicament of the Eagles list, I'd like to know who you think who would be on top of the John Warsfold medal because you think Tim Kelly has played some good matches. He was good yesterday. I mean, Jack Redden's been steady, but they've had so many players not out there. Patrick Nash has been the only player that I think he was medi sub one week. I think he's played every game. The only that, consistent. Yeah, and and that, that's Patrick Nash who was added as an SSP player at the start of the year, wasn't on the list in March. <laughs> oh. So, I mean, uh, you've never seen a season like that from any team. And, and people are starting to throw out, is this the worst season that any team's ever had? And that's in that's in line with... Fitzroy. The, yeah, Fitzroy, Gold Coast, GWS. I mean, the numbers they're putting out, puts them that's putting them in those sort of realms. And, but the problem is, you look at the, the personnel, the talent, if you put them on paper, mm. that's not a... A Fitzroy. That's not a GWS when they've started out as a, as a as a club, nor the Gold Coast Suns. I can't work out why they have fallen off the cliff so dramatically. I think I think there's an uh, there's you need to be able to say enough for consistency and actually getting players out there. It's not excuses for West Coast because it is what it is, and they're going poorly, and that's just what how it goes. But when you don't get players on the park at the same time, playing with the same players, it doesn't matter how experienced you are. Not only are you lacking fitness and and match fitness, not not just running running laps fitness, but mm. being able to go each way when the when you turn the ball over, being able to react quickly, and then knowing each other and what you're going to do. It's still it doesn't matter how experienced you are. You still need to play together. So, look to, for them to improve going forward. They need to get players on the park and just they need to play together for a longer period of time. I think that's where the fallaway has happened. Um, they didn't play well last year either. I don't like people are forget they didn't make finals last year and they fell away badly. Yeah, correct. And I think that's continued on. It hasn't been this. They're going to be a top four side and they're now bottom of the ladder. Um, although they'd be incredibly disappointed where they're at. That's West Coast. Wrap it up. Um, I, I think they've got to look to get better. Um, potentially through the midfield, they got their hands on the ball and that that helps. But it's going to be a long road. Now the Fremantle Dockers they go down as well, defeated by Collingwood by thirty six points. You were at that game. You you commentated the game. What happened? Well, quite simply, uh, I think it was two goals, two apiece at quarter time. Fremantle dominated possession. They dominated territory in the opening quarter. But what they didn't do was adjust correctly to the wet weather, which Collingwood did. There were a couple of free kicks awarded for deliberate out-of-bounds, which Collingwood were penalised for. And Craig McRae was asked afterwards about it. He was a bit confused. He said, look, at quarter time, I told the boys, just try and be more attacking when it comes to ball in hand. Be more direct. Wet weather footy, it, it stopped raining during the course of the day, but it was still pretty heavy underfoot. So yeah. Collingwood adjusted better, and there was one occasion, I think Fremantle tried to switch the play through the middle of the ground, which on a dry day would work superbly. That's but, how they play. That's exactly. How they play, right? But that just, it wasn't a day to be trying to fine-tune and finesse your way through Optus Stadium. So they played wet weather footy better than Fremantle, and the Dockers had a crack, but they just... And you know what? The most telling thing for me at the end of the day was the press conference given by Justin Longmuir. And he mentioned about players getting ahead of themselves. Not just a bit ahead of themselves, a fair bit ahead of themselves. So does that mean 
They were becoming big heads about where they were on the ladder. They were reading the press, looking at – were they drinking their own bathwater, as they say, Scoey? Flag mantle. I mean, we've rolled it out a little bit over at Backchat, but – That's that, – that's, oh. that's a bit over the top, tongue, tongue firmly in cheek. Uh, I mean, that they, they, they won five games in a row, and amongst Six. that was, was – mm. Yeah, sorry. And, and, and one of those games was Geelong in Geelong. Mm. So you've got to take them seriously. But Geelong's probably not the side we've seen over the last three or four years. Um and Fremantle's ability um, to play each way has been built on uh, their ball movement, both from their back line and then their midfield dominance. Now, Collingwood bought a lot of pressure yesterday. From what I saw, uh, their pressure was outstanding. It was brilliant. And they had also had the clean hands. Guys like Dugowie, able to use it. Well, we know Pendlebury, what he brings to the table. But yeah, they were clean. And their small forward line, it really worked well being able to mix it up, and Elliot was terrific. So they had all the ingredients there, down back. And Darcy Moore's copped some grief over the last Hasn't he? month, yeah. given he's signed a big contract with Collingwood. And as soon as that happens, invariably the numbers go is south. That, is that fair? Is that fair? Like, I understand he's – he hasn't – it's not his fault he signed a big contract. I know more pressure comes with it, but he hasn't said – it's not. It's Collingwood's fault. That's, no, not, that's not his fault. But the bottom line is, what it just seems. How regularly do you see a player sign a long-term deal and then immediately uh, the numbers slip away? Oh yeah, it's, I mean it's pressure. But he was terrific yesterday. Let was me he? put that on the table. He was outstanding. Uh, Matt Tabata. He could have been a different postcode at times. He just didn't look like it, uh, right. Matt, in those conditions and against one of the premier defenders in the competition. So look, Fremantle had some hard. Well, look, Will Brody's probably the pickup of the season oh, in mate. terms of Fremantle. Easily thirty-six but, touches he had. I, I look at. And a goal. Over the preseason, I thought, Will Brody coming to, to the uh, Fremantle from the Suns, I went, yeah, okay, uh, that's not going to add a lot more than a bit of grunt. But he's been terrific, and he would be close. He'd be top three in their best and fairest. Absolutely. Um, he's been a, an outstanding pickup for Fremantle, but he couldn't do it by himself. Andy Brayshaw trying hard, but you're right. The, the goals have dried up, and Fremantle have just got to do some tinkering before a really tough fortnight. Melbourne MCG, Brisbane Back at home. Oh, boy. I mean, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a wake-up call. I spoke to Justin Longmuir before the game on 6PR, and he spoke about the back line, about the selection issues they've had there. They've got nine players to play in seven spots effectively. And they were disappointed with how the back line played last week, but they decided to go with exactly the same back line. The back line was exposed again, yep. I thought, against Collingwood. So they're going to make some changes there. I think they'll, they'll move some players around. I, I think... Like every time, but Griffin Logan will probably make way. They'll go a bit smaller. They looked a bit stagnant. Uh, they didn't make the right decisions going forward there. So it will be interesting what they do at the selection table, uh, given they've got a big, big three weeks coming up. Absolutely. And look, Hayden Young, I'll talk about defenders. He was one young guy yesterday I was super impressed with. In the air, his foot skills are terrific. Uh, Heath Chapman, you persist with these guys every week this season. It's a, it's a, it's a blip. I, I think it's a blip on the radar. I don't think it's a pattern of behaviour yet. But if we go two more weeks without a big score from Frio, then panic station starts. What's the forecast for Melbourne on Saturday or this weekend? Because if it's going to be raining, uh, the, the the bandwagon's staying to empty. You're 1A. You've just dropped back to about 4B at the moment. Uh, how long before you're at the back of the bus? The, the <laughs> well, that's usually where the cool kids sit up the back, but not Fremantle. We need them to heat up a little bit. They're cooling off a bit for our likely. There you go. West Coast and Frio wrapped up nice and quick. You are on the Shelter Footy Cast. The rest of the round wrap. Seven games, two minutes each game, Skate. We're going to get through, give you the best of the best. Friday night footy, Carlton defeats Sydney by 15 points. Big win for Carlton. Oh, what about Char- Charlie? Not, uh, not Sir Charles. Not Sir Charles and um, not 
without his mate Terry Mackay just to help him out. He did it by himself. Yep. Um, in fact, there was a touch of Charlie Sheen about the way he went about his business. It was party time <laughs> at Marvel Stadium. I'll tell you what, if he starts rocking up like Charlie Sheen used to rock up on two and a half men, we'd be in trouble at Carlton. Uh, six goals. He leads the Coleman on 33 uh, just in front of Lynch. Tom Lynch, I think, at Richmond. Who was goalless the weekend, by the way. There you go, oh boy. Um, so I think he's the best forward in the comp. I've played on him, Charlie Kerner. What makes him difficult? Uh, look, he's missed footy for two years, obviously, but as a young guy, um, his work rate um, reminds me a bit, a bit of Josh Kennedy. Josh Kennedy's real strength was his work rate, his ability to get behind his opponent, to put him in bad spots, and then clearly his contested marking ability. At stages, because he's the only player playing on a very good Sydney back line, they were double teaming him. The McCartan brothers. I mean, that's a proper tag team there, the McCartan brothers. And he was taking contested marks on both of them. So he's your dual threat, work rate, contested side. He'll be an even better player when Mackay comes back into the team. But Carlton are a legitimate chance now. They're, 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 they're top four worthy, I think, after beating Sydney. Yeah, they'll finish eight, eight and two. Yeah, which is, you're playing finals from here, aren't you? Yep. It's a question of where you finish. And look, they've passed some really big tests. They were beaten here, of course, by the Fremantle Dockers. But they have been, under Michael Voss, reinvigorated. And you're right, they were challenged on Friday night, particularly late in the game, and they were able to hold firm. So uh, they are a side that will be playing finals, and it's now a question of whether they can get that double chance. Yep, I agree. Sydney, I don't know where that leaves them. Sydney, they lose to Brisbane, Gold Coast, and now Carlton in the last four weeks. So we'll see where that leaves them. Moving on, Geelong defeat Port Adelaide by 35 points. In Geelong. So you expect that out of Geelong. It, look, it was a weird game. Um, Geelong were down at halftime. Port Adelaide were more efficient. Geelong were, were poor. They, they, had, they, they, they couldn't um, contain the ball. They, they couldn't uh, get their mark kick game going. Um, they were inefficient with their disposal. They looked, they looked old and grumpy, the Geelong Cats. But they had a big third quarter and probably did what they did at home. But I don't know whether it says more about Geelong or Port Adelaide, to be honest a win like that in Geelong and a loss for Port Adelaide because Port Adelaide have been on the roll a little bit. Absolutely. Look, Cam Guthrie, terrific 38 disposals. Very hard to get a line on Geelong at the moment because their best is still pretty good. They're sixth on the table as we speak. But you don't feel like they're threatening this, you do. It doesn't Uh, feel like they're... Put put it this way, Melbourne, Brisbane, even though they lost at the weekend, we'll discuss that uh, yesterday's game. But there's a massive gap, I feel, between some of these teams in the eight. Yeah. as opposed to Melbourne. And Geelong is one of those clubs that um, they will play their home ground very well. I think they kicked seven of the last eight goals uh, in uh, that match against Port Adelaide. But there, there's, an, there's a factor missing now, whether it's they've been to the mountain or they've been, been thereabouts for so long that they now just don't appear to have that, that zing about them. I'll put this one to you before we move on. Geelong have been fading comes finals time at last three or four years. They get to the finals, they're going well, but then they just they haven't been able to cut it in finals. Maybe they're reverse engineering the season, Skate. Maybe they're just holding holding everyone back and they're just building nicely to be a bit of an outsider that comes final time. Well, I like that, like that theory, but I've yet to be convinced that the Cats are contenders. I think they sit with Richmond. I think Richmond in the similar... On although, their day. Although Richmond are playing well at the moment. Now, Western Bulldogs defeat the Gold Coast Suns uh, 19 points. Again, I mean, this one, Gold Coast are coming off big wins. They beat um, Sydney and they beat Frio. And they come up against the Western Bulldogs, who, probably similar to Geelong, have looked to step back where of where they've been the last couple of years. No question about that. But what you know about the Western Bulldogs side, if their midfield is humming and the likes of McRae and, and Smith get the footy and 30-plus disposals, they've got the Bont, who's been a bit sore, I think, but 
if they've got their midfield firing, and look, they're, they're still not a shadow of the team from last year, are they? They're but, not. But their midfield's, on paper, I think the best in the comp. I think it's better than Melbourne's. Really? Um, clearly, Petrarca, Wines, Gorn, big names. But I think Bulldogs go deeper. They're not playing better than Melbourne. Melbourne are playing their roles better and they're, they're, they're performing more consistently. But on paper, uh, Dunkley, Smith, McRae, Trelaw, Bontempelli. Oh, there's, there's five superstars. They bat deep, don't they? Yeah. So, look, they haven't been performing how they like. Um, Luke Beveridge was a bit prickly in the press conference at the end of the game. Again. Wasn't happy with... It wasn't Tom Morris. Not Tom though, Morris. <laughs> not Tom Morris. Aaron Norton and the treatment he'd been getting. So they kicked three goals in the first half, had been the dominant forward, didn't kick a goal in the second half. Um, Collins went on to him from the Gold Coast Suns, and I don't think Bevo was very happy with the treatment that Aaron was getting. Additionally, Aaron was scragging a bit with Collins and getting penalised. So they were copying the double double edge, and Bevo was very prickly. He's not a man you want to come up against in a press conference. You know that as a media man. Yeah, and he's got the moustache, which always intimidates journalists. I've always been that way. Mick Maltese uh, was a great example for me as a young bloke growing up in the media. When he looked at you and you could see the, the bristling of the moustache, and you asked a question that might not have been perhaps your finest moment, and you suddenly start to shrivel up into this little ball in the corner of a press conference when Mick was up and about. And Bevo's got a bit... It's like a, almost like a bikey look about him, isn't it? He's just, and he's just, I don't know if it's older, more experienced. He's just <laughs> getting a little bit more prickly, which I like. I enjoy watching it. Uh, moving on to the next matchup North Melbourne go down to Melbourne. No surprises there. The surprise was in this game um, 47 points they end up losing by. North Melbourne were within a kick about oh, 10 or 12 minutes into the third quarter, which no, no, no expert, a couple of experts sitting here by the shelter fridge here, Skeet, but you and I wouldn't have predicted that pregame. They, they really took it up to them. Which was which is promising. It is. I will hasten to say that I think Melbourne are going in about second gear in some of these uh, matches, which is a magnificent sign for them. Clayton Oliver, forty-five disposals, so career high, career high, best that he's uh, done in an AFL uh, match. He was outstanding, and Melbourne. You're right. Uh, the margin. North Melbourne walks away, goes. Oh, we got within eight goals. Yes, of the top team. Uh, end of the they, day, they just put their foot down a little bit. They just squeezed when they need to squeeze and. Um, the question going forward for you, Will, and I think I asked you this uh, previously, uh, we think they'll lose a match, Melbourne. We're pretty sure they will. Yes. But there won't be many losses. It'll be theirs to lose, in my mind. Well, what you can take out of this game, now North Melbourne is not to the standard of Melbourne. We know that. Uh, they're, they're, they're a cellar dweller as West Coast are. They challenged them. Um, from what I saw, the pressure gauge would have been right up for North Melbourne. Now, now clearly, they've, they've had a couple of up and down weeks. They've been in the public with perhaps different things have been going on behind closed doors. It looked like they'd been really challenged to take the pressure up to Melbourne. Now, I think a team that beats Melbourne will, will beat them with pressure. And no, no team is immune to pressure. And the Melbourne Demons, as well as they're going, if you bring pressure on AFL players... You are not immune to it. So I think that's how you beat Melbourne, is bring them tw- a four-quarter effort of pressure, and you've got to hurt them the other way as well. Melbourne, North Melbourne missed some opportunities when they had the run of it. Now, if you get in, in, in front of a side like Melbourne, who knows? Maybe the pressure does come on them. But that's 17 in a row from Melbourne. Can they break the all-time record? What is the all-time record, do you know? Good question. Okay, very good. Dan <laughs> it's 20 plus, that. I think. We'll, okay. we'll get Dan onto that. But uh, they are a team... Again, they will be winning every match. They're, they're, what's so good for Melbourne the last year and a half? Their health of the list. Yeah. 
I mean, West Coast would be loving to take a nice little leaf out of Melbourne's book with what they've been able to get on the part. Yeah, but even still, I just think, yeah, Melbourne, it's, it's full credit to them because after 2020, you question whether they were going to be able to yeah, correct. get back and, and become a top eight side, let alone win the flag. Well, 18, they make a prelim. They, they're disappointing there. 19 is poor. And you think, are they going to rebuild the list here? But uh, clearly, they've got a lot right going on there. No worries. Dan, Hello. Hello, boys. Uh, the record, 23 successive victories, was by the 1952-53 Geelong team. Cats, yes. You would have been, you would have been watching that then, Skate, wouldn't you? Yeah, had, been would have had, my, had my Birkenstocks on just watching uh, <laughs> as a kid in the uh, corner. No, just before my time, Skate, but uh, was that 23? So they're, 60, oh, they'll, they'll do that. They'll walk, do it in their ears. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, very good. Um, how was that game? Watching 23 in a row was quite good. Uh, um, Adelaide <laughs> defeated St Kilda 21 points. Oh, sorry, defeated by St Kilda. So St Kilda win this game by a little over three goals. They should have lost this one. Now, Why do you say that? St Kilda are a challenger this year, I think, but they're going to battle inconsistency given they haven't seen success at that club for a long time. So the belief factor in that club is probably at a low level. Max King kicked six goals, which he's a focal point for them. But they were incredibly efficient in front of goal. Well, compared to 9-15 by Adelaide. Adelaide were poor. And and that's what I mean by they, they should have lost this one. Adelaide had the opportunity to kick three or four goals in a row. They started the game well. The third quarter, they were on top by a long way, and they just couldn't hit the scoreboard. It, it makes a difference when you're playing, whether you're kicking goals or not. Now, that, that, that that's, a, that's an obvious statement, but... They don't kick the goals when they have to. St Kilda takes it the other end. Uh, one entry, one goal, and it's a 12-point turnaround. You ha- that happens three or four times in the game. You can't win it, Skeet. No. And so it's disappointing from Adelaide, but St Kilda weren't convincing for mine. No. Well, you said they're a contender. I'm not sure St Kilda are. I really? Think. No, I haven't. Look, they've, they've played some really good footy this year, but, I mean, just going back to the Max King factor, isn't it nice to see in the AFL now, Lynch, we saw him at Optus Stadium get hold of the Eagles and uh, kick a bag and follow it up the next week, and Charlie Kerner was spoken about. Some of these key forwards, which we want to see in the game. I know you're a defender and you like to blunt these weapons, but <laughs> as spectators, as supporters, the fans want to see the big boys dominate. I can appreciate that. And, and Max King kicking six, I mean, he's right up in the conversation with Charlie Kerner as the best forwards in the game at the moment. He's a, he's a weapon. He's a young weapon, though. That, that's what's really scary about some of these young kids. Like, Mackay's in that conversation. Charlie Curnow, Max King, they're all over 200 centimetres. It's they're ridiculous. Massive. I'm so glad I'm sitting here with you right now, Skeet, because I wouldn't want to be playing on these blokes week in, week out. Yeah, and we've talked a bit about the... At the moment, there's a bit of one-on-one defending. Good luck. It's, it's, it's a, a nervous time for a defender, and that's what makes the likes of... Jacob Weedering and, and Callum Wilk hit the weekend, yes. uh, stand out in my mind. Yeah, they're going well. Um, Richmond v Essendon. Richmond beat Essendon by 32 points. Now, there's been a lot of hype about Essendon and their ability to... Well, I mean, the Dylan Shield incident with uh, Luke Parker last week about potentially ducking his head and maybe not showing enough heart. Essendon showed heart in this game. They came out... They, I will say they potentially showed too much heart. They came very physical at Richmond. Sometimes with a good team, though, and Richmond is a good team. They're playing well. They had a big kill against West Coast, and they've taken that momentum through. They can weather that storm. They can they can handle the fight. They can handle the wrestles. But it's when you've got to win that footy and distribute it to your teammates nicely. Richmond were able to weather what Richmond, Essendon put at them, but Essendon were better. 
they just didn't win. No. Uh, what we do need to point out is how good the Indigenous players were in the Dreamtime yeah. game. This and is Dreamtime at the G, right? This at the, the G, big, big Daniel Rioli out of defence. That's been an inspired move to push him back. Hasn't he, it? He's been great back there. Rebounds beautifully. My favourite player watching him at Optus Stadium is Shea Bolton. I've said to you time and time, every time <laughs> he gets a footy, I just boy. love him. He just does so many amazing things with the footy in hand. He just looks like he's in a different different space to most players on the ground. You, you look at, um, I think, Tuke Miller's a bit like that at Gold Coast, but Clayton Oliver, Petrarca, you, they look like they're, they're I'm, I'm not talking similar players, I'm just talking, they look like they're just moving at a different pace to everyone else. Shea Bolton literally looks five kilometres quicker than anyone else on the field. When, when we saw him play West Coast, he was running past multiple players. It's just great to watch, isn't he? And he can do it in the air, he can do it at yeah. ground level, and... Gee, he's he's the most exciting player at Richmond in my mind, and great to see the likes of Morris Rioli Jr. and all. just a great celebration for Indigenous footy at the G. I've got a quirky one here for you. This is the this game here, the first time in AFL history that that was the score eighty to forty eight. It was the first score of that nature in any game in the history of the game. I'm tipping, Don't, do not challenge me. I'm challenging that you found that fact. I reckon Dan might have done the hard yards here and you're taking the credit. Dan, is that correct or what's going on over there? Is yep, first time in AFL history. I think it was the 6,734th uh, unique score in, in in the history of the game. I think Dan needs to get a, a life outside of uh, this job that he's doing in this uh, beautiful studio of yours, Gully. All right, we're going to keep moving. Last game of the weekend after a Fremantle West Coast wrap. This is the ninth game of the weekend. Hawthorne defeat Brisbane. I think the biggest upset, they win by five points, the biggest upset of the weekend, given Brisbane's premiership chances this year. Not just that, what about the score that was kicked in Launceston yesterday? Extraordinary. Uh, 18-9 to 17-10. And I even more extraordinary. Got, I wonder who got to 12 goals first. Oh, don't start on that. Where's Carl when you don't need him? Uh, 63 free kicks, Goey. Was there? That's about one every two minutes. I think I've got that. 63, uh, that was the fourth most ever in the AFL. Fourth most ever free kicks. But we can't talk about the free kicks, can we? I mean, Hawthorne, Hawthorne have been playing a brand of footy under Sam Mitchell that, look, it's gone a little under the radar. They've clearly changed as a team. They haven't changed too many people at their, at their club. So the ability for Sam Mitchell to come in and teach these young fellas how to play a really exciting brand of footy, they're taking it through the corridor. They score quickly. They score heavily. And you have matchups like that, 117 to 112. It's great to watch. Absolutely. Tom Mitchell, Lockie Neal, that mm. battle... And what we're seeing is James Sicily having signed a long-term deal. I'm not a huge fan of the five years, to be honest with you. For Especially for key defenders. You know, you, you, yeah, no, no, I'll, I agree. I'll, I'll, put the, I'll, I'll put the flag up for the key defenders. But you, well, I just think five years in any... I mean, you know, let's say an absolute superstar. But that being said, this is one succession plan that has the makings of being a real success for Hawthorne. And Sam Mitchell, you know, they're going to have their moments. They're going to mm. have their downs. But I think if you're Hawthorne... Sympathiser, you'd be really comfortable with which with where they're heading. Yeah, I agree. Uh, very good. There you go. Hawthorne beat Brisbane. It was in Launceston, so it wasn't a Brisbane home game. Um, but I don't think that matters. Well, no, but I, I think it's, it's it's significant though from a Brisbane perspective because they would get a bit of a, a wake. Speaking of reality checks at the Dockers, same for. For Brisbane, who are just cruising. Do, do they play Brisbane? Is it Freo Brisbane this week or Freo Melbourne? Freo Melbourne, then Fremantle Brisbane back here in Perth on a Sunday afternoon, I think. Oh, there you go. There's the nine games of the weekend wrapped up here on the Shelter Footy Cast. Rightio. 
Oh, look, look, look. If anyone listening wants to send in a nice play on words, Skeet and Scully here, we'd be very <laughs> appreciative of a bit of help here because, look, I mean, I know we're both a couple of good-looking blokes here. Yes. But some, some of the play on words probably not our biggest strength. So we've gone with the Shelter XPA X factor or, you know, that, that, that guy that stood out for the weekend. Really captured your attention. I think, this is this is my point of view, Charlie Kerno's got to be the guy. He's, he's leading the Coleman. He's missed two years of footy. He kicked six goals. Playing on two players. Sydney, Sydney got a, have had a good back line for 10 years. They play the same way. They keep you in front. They, they put the bumper bars out. You can't get back past them. And, and they were at times double teaming him because they didn't have another key focal point. To kick six goals for them to win against a good side. Friday night footy. Uh, Colton go to eight and two. Charlie Kernow is my shelter XPA X factor. Do you agree? Disagree? No, good shout. Someone to add? No, very good shout. And Friday night he did it on the big stage. The only concern moving forward with Charlie, and we love him, is can he keep himself on the park? That has been the issue, as you say, over the years. He's rig. His rig is it's it's Adonis like, isn't it? It's just got the, the biceps and everything working for him. Uh, Will, which you and I probably I mean, these young blokes—they're coming they're, through. They're, they're cut. He's like one ninety-eight, ripped, tanned, looking very. The girls love him. Yeah, it sounds a little bit like Skeet and Scully, really. <laughs> ripped, tanned, good tall. head for radios. <laughs> very good. Uh, that is your shelter XPA X factor. If you can do better than that. I mean, let us know. Shelter Footy Cast on Instagram. You can follow the links in bio. Get in touch with us. Give us something better than that. I mean, we can do better. It's not bad, but we yeah, yeah early doors. We can get some uh, some suggestions. We'll take on board, and we'll certainly give you uh, the love that you require in return. It's been a rapid fire, thirty five minutes, but we're almost to the end, Skate. It's been it's been fun. I mean, it's first fun. hit at it. We're talking footy. It's what we yes. do seven days a week. Just. A Bumble and fumble our way through uh, what's been an amazing weekend of, of action across the country and life. Uh, I, I will, I will say, I'm not going to pretend. We are recording this in the morning on a, on a Monday morning, so if you're wondering why we're not having a beer while we're doing this, look, we we could, but I mean, it'll be, it'll be a good start to the week, probably. Yeah, but it'll be a long week if we have one now. <laughs> I have to be honest, I'm going to do a full day of work, and I'm not sure what you're up to today. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I'm working absolutely. I'm, I'm working <laughs> working out of the clothes shop to find myself a new clothes. Now to finish off. We really want to make uh, this show, this Shelter footy cast, um, given that uh, Shelter is is brewed in Busso, um, down there by the Busso. Great jetty. community. It's a regional town, Bustleton. They've got a new airport. You can fly there from anywhere. But we want to hear about regional football stories. So uh, we're getting some stuff together. But at the moment, Shelter footy cast on Instagram is a way to get them to us. I want to hear about... Characters. I want to hear about characters. I want to hear about stories from the weekend. Moments that you go, hang on a sec, this has to go broader than just in the Bustleton area. It could be, you know, okay, so Charlie Kernow kicked six on the weekend. That's great. I'm sure there's a Macca or a Smitty or a Jono that kicked 20 goals on the weekend. Or someone playing their 500th game or someone, a volunteer that's just been outstanding. You know, 500, there would be. Or a father-son playing. Exactly. In the same team. Or, you know, a mother-daughter. Yes. In, yeah, I like that. Anything. Something that just takes your fancy that you think's outside the realm. We would love to hear from you. That'll be the regional footy roundup every week at this time of the show. We'll do that. Clearly, first episode, we haven't had any contenders. Did you play regional footy? Did you play Did you play much footy? I played footy uh, till year 10. I Seriously, I did uh, my ACL, so I had a knee reconstruction at 15. Did you? Yep, so a, a very uh, ordinary career was cut tragically short <laughs> by a knee reconstruction. <laughs> 
<laughs> there you go. I went down. You, regional footy story, mate. Well, who do you play for? Coolbinia Bombers. Oh. Not, not regional, but very good club. Oh, what, what cut your career short, mate? Um, just decision to, to pursue other oh, things. Yeah. So yeah. you think you could have made it? I was told that by several people, yeah. Oh, I talk about a fig jam. There you go. A bit of fig jam. That'd be nice across the regional footy roundup. So if you've got a story, send it in. Uh, Shelter Footycast. That's about done and dusted for us, Skeet. It's I've been fun. Had a lot of fun. Shelter's here. You're not going far. And we're going to be back, what, on Thursday for another chat about footy? We're going to be out back Thursday for the uh, preview coming up for round 11. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. So if you're listening along, you can watch it. Uh, I mean, Skeet's, as we've heard, dressed very nicely for the cameras. I'm not, if you want to see that. Alternatively, if you're a social media person, there's the man that's got all the uh, the tricks of the trade. I'm a little bit more old school. So I'll be educated through the course of this program and the podcast as to how and why social media is a success. Do, do you have Instagram? Do you have it? I have Instagram. I have a, uh, an account manager. You've got a couple of daughters. My daughter does that. Yes. I thought, she, I thought <laughs> they might. Very good. Uh, Skeet and Scoey, uh, that's it. 40-minute hit. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, join us back here on Thursday. Shelter Footycast on socials. YouTube back chat. Links in bio. Done and dusted. Well, bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.